0: And welcome to the Bell Collective podcast. Bell Collective is a community for professional women who want to change stereotypes surrounding female travel and creative choices. And I'm your host, Alina Rudia. My first guest, after a summer break, is a German fashion photographer, Christine Lipsky. In this episode, we discuss the importance of business networking, dig into the topic of money negotiations, as well as talk about the changing face of the German fashion industry. Hello, Tina! Hi Alina. (laughs) Nice to hear you today. Nice to hear you too. You're so, so, uh, you sound so happy.
1: (laughs) I am. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the invitation.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm really glad that you had time to speak to me today. And uh, I hope this will be a really interesting interview because I don't think I've spoken with anyone from, from your photography genre, like fashion and people. So there will be a really something new for me to basically talk about. that's yeah it's gonna be
1: exciting (laughs) I don't doubt it
0: (laughs) all right well let's just um dive in no maybe actually tell us you're you're right now in Hamburg right
1: exactly I'm based in Hamburg
0: yeah yeah how is it how is it over there how's the business going after I I think like the corona corona crisis is basically I hopefully is over so you're probably back back to business as usual or how is it going there right now
1: yeah, well, I would not say as usual, but it is close to it. When the COVID crisis started, um, every job was canceled, like every job. And now it's starting again. And I think for one month I have been working like with regular jobs, but um, it's still under different conditions. So mm-hmm. you have to take care and the clients are treating you or treating the situations very different, you know, Um with, with all the situations we have, because in our industry, of course, it's kind of hard not to touch each other. For me as a photographer, not so much than for hand makeup or styling or the people who are on set, of course. So, uh, yeah, the jobs are back, but under different circumstances, I would say. Yeah.
0: yeah, I can imagine you're working with people, you're photographing people, portraits. That means that you actually have to, like, get in contact with people a lot, basically. Not of like course, somebody yeah. with, who's doing landscape or travel photography or even, you know, like some things you're, you're just physically not, we're not able to do because of all the restrictions, yeah, and <laughs> you definitely cannot photograph people with their uh with their uh, masks on so <laughs> i guess that yeah was a it's, it's different
1: so you yeah you just need to take care that you're not too close to each other and have like big studios and you know or just shoot outside uh it's it's interesting how they're adapting to the situation or how i am as a business yeah
0: well, it's good that it's uh, almost back to normal. That That is, I think we're all a little bit relieved uh, because uh, there was all this months of uncertainty for us. That's for sure. So let's, let's talk about a little bit about you because I'm pretty sure our a- audience would love to know a little bit more about yourself and uh, your path to photography and how did you become a photographer and basically whether you studied it or not, and basically, yeah, how did you end up where you are now?
1: <laughs> so I'm a freelance photographer based in Hamburg, and uh, my focus is on portrait and uh, fashion photography, um, as well as people photography. How did I come to photography? It's, uh, I, I grew up in a small town in Eastern Germany, And actually, since I I was a teenager, I was very interested in photography, fashion and art already. So what I started to do, let's say when I was 12, 13 with my first camera, I started to dress up my friends and just portray them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And basically, I'm still doing the same thing, but a little bit more, you know, bigger, way uh, and also I was uh, in, interested and involved in culture and doing music myself so I had a straight connection to local bands and local theater people and actors actresses and um, well spent a lot of time with those people and started to take photos um, of them as well so this was the first steps for me to to maybe become a photographer and then I Was an intern in my small hometown. Where are you
0: from, actually? What is your hometown? What is the name (laughs) of it?
1: It's a it's a city called Nordhausen, um, which is in eastern Germany, Thuringia, it's, it's uh, I think in in English, and in German, and um, it's it's just a very small city. And there was like one studio photographer, and I took an internship with sixteen or something, mm. and um, yeah, this was my first pro- professional experience, and um, I really enjoyed that. And and later on. I spent more time in like cities, like in Berlin, and assisted there, and uh, was an intern there. And then um, I moved to Hamburg for my for my studies. Wow.
0: How did you actually look for internship? How do you actually end up with internships in photography? Like, how do you do? You just write emails to people? Do you call them? Do you just walk into a? Photo studio and tell them that you want to work with them. How did that happen?
1: Yeah, I think you can do everything. So I pretty much, uh, because yeah, it's rare that there are um, right positions where you can apply to, but also this works on a certain whatever right now I would say LinkedIn or something but or Facebook even I don't know but yeah I just uh, researched certain names I was interested in and just uh, wrote them yeah a mail and said I'm very interested to work with you I would like uh, to be whatever an assistant or intern Uh, could you um, would you be interested in uh, meeting me Um, this is how it started and usually their answer and then uh, I met those people and yeah this is how it started basically. I think it's a
0: great advice because I think a lot of uh, like kids and maybe, or young people nowadays, they are a little bit, they, they basically, especially the young girls, they're sometimes not pushy enough and not, like insistent enough they really think oh if people don't if there if there's nobody wants me uh, and they are uh, they're afraid to ask really and i think it is very important to like be really like to take initiative and actually to ask people because what's the worst thing i mean like they might say no but then you just ask another person and probably the 10th person would say yes and you will end up with internship which will change your life so this is a, a really good motivating um motivating um, story from you that basically you just ask people that you wanted to work with them. And in the end, somebody said yes. And uh, you gain your experience. This is
1: how you learn. Yeah. Uh, To be pushy and to stay on things is very important for the whole career. If you want to be like freelance or if you want to work in the industry. Yeah. I definitely just not too pushy maybe, but a good, (laughs) you know, it's a good balance between I'm very pushy. I can stay on things, uh, but I don't get too annoying, but also I would recommend also you can be a little bit annoying. They will remember you at a certain point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny yeah. to realize that as a photographer, you need to, to feel people and the networking is really important. And you have to understand like how to really behave because photography, the, the art art part of it, the artistic part of it is probably not even, it's not the whole job it's probably only 50 percent of of your success and then the rest is basically how you treat people how you talk to people how confident you are and all these things which basically makes makes you a successful photographer in the end yeah
1: how you change your standing yeah that's that's very important yeah yeah Mm -hmm. like you said it's 50 percent my art and 50 percent networking and um your reputation in the end.
0: I've talked to you before a little bit and you told me that you are working with uh, various agencies and production companies. Well, we all kind of know that women are uh, underrepresented in the photography industry. And uh, so I would just uh, ask you straight, Like, have you experienced gender inequality and sexism uh, firsthand in your professional life? So when you're working with those agencies, production companies, or even clients?
1: Yeah, and um, this is an important and a tough question. And I'm going to straight answer this with, uh, yes, I experienced gender inequality. So in my view, the main thing on the general level I experienced uh, the most um, is that I would say a woman has to fulfill certain expectations, and uh, maybe that often people expect a woman to do the jobs exactly like men would do. Um, I would say in leadership positions, you know, when you lead a team, when you are a leader mm-hmm. there, and if you if you don't, you get uh, judged more harshly. Maybe more harshly than men, even, or compared to men. Yeah, the second thing I would I would really point out is that the work of women or women is less visible to the public than men's work, and um, that men promote their work maybe in a more aggressive way than women do, Mm -hmm. do, in my way. And then in the culture, uh, it's less visible than than the man's work in the end
0: yeah it's really really interesting to think that like you know women's work is less visible even though i think most people if they would see a cover of a magazine or a fashion shoot they would not immediately notice if that's like a woman or man did the shoot you know it's not that we always look at the names but then if we actually start looking at the names we realize that most covers are still shot by male photographers a huge percentage of the whole um, commercial work as photographers is done by male photographers.
1: Yeah, there is a progress there right now because mm-hmm. um, it's right now you know people are looking at it, and um, but still, it's still not the same. Yes, and if you look at all those names, there are probably more more male names than female names, and in the end, um, but it's the same product in the end, you know. So mm-hmm. um, this is a it's a, it's an interesting thing at the point of selling, you know. And there, there is a big difference. Yeah,
0: It's interesting also that you've mentioned that, you know, people are expecting women to lead in the same way men do. But at the same time, I've heard it not only in photography, but in many other professions, uh, including like politicians, you realize that being a good politician doesn't always mean to be like, This kind of stereotypical male behavior when you're strong, you have balls, you know, you tell people what to do, you're harsh, you're pushy, you're uh, arrogant, you're uh, really like aggressive. And it doesn't mean that it will lead to a really, really good result. We're just used to it so much. And I remember I've heard it from people in restaurant industry that, for example, when females are working together rather than like uh, under a male pressure, they perform much better because they communicate in a little bit different way, and um, they don't need to prove that they also have balls. I mean, they don't. So why why pretend that you do? What
1: you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a built thing, you know. It's a culture thing, and. I, I just no I just I think it doesn't have to be like this but you have to prove it anyways and so um this can be a problem because once you have been judged there's a, you know there's a hard way to to um you just have to stick to your line in the end yeah mm-hmm. so if I lead my teams I do it my way and not maybe the expectations of whatever guy
0: okay yeah. but do you believe uh, like did you uh did you face that kind of um maybe stereotypical um stereotypical attitude only from male men, men or also from other women
1: Definitely also from other women which is interesting as well yeah. No I wouldn't just say it's uh, it's a male thing it's also from other women Yes mm-hmm. that depends a little bit Yeah but why
0: do you think is that
1: I would personally say it's a matter of acceptance that mm-hmm. you, um, you know, adapt and accept. And sometimes it can be also uh, tough that women, we I, you know, most of the ways it is like this, but women support other women as well. Yeah, it's maybe, yeah, acceptance. Yeah. An issue of acceptance in the first way because um, they're used to something else.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling that a lot of women feel that they have to compete with each other in this kind of yeah. business because they obviously there. It's a men's world and they feel like, oh, if I only have... Like If there's only one seat on this like board, then I have to take it, and all other women are not good enough, so basically they're like p- women end up competing with each other rather than like competing with men as well and this is very very sad because we feel like, oh, we are lucky if we get that kind of position <laughs> on 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 the men's team, which is like should not be like that. we should be just all working together, but I have also a feeling that sometimes women are just generally don't feel accepted into the men's world and they really feel if they're getting accepted it's only like one one woman and the rest like half and everybody is like competing with each other so it's it's very sad sometimes
1: so I experience a lot of things you know also great support um, under women but also um, the opposite yeah yeah sometimes the women even can be harder than the man i have the feeling because of this issue
0: women can also be i mean not can also be but mostly we are the products of this patriarchal society where we grew up in and women can be socialized like this as well socialized like this and they can be basically the victims of this kind of mentality very easily and they this is what is still happening with a lot of women from older generation who for example try to go like they, they actually like filling in the men's pants they go into politics or they they go into uh, these professions which are stereotypically male professions but at the same time they want to still like kind of act womenly to have a family and they try to combine everything and in the end like uh, being a woman in the contemporary world is still so really hard because you're basically expected to fill in everything because like Partly you're already in the future where you're like working and being so emancipated, but a part of you is still in that kind of historical, traditional mentality of society where you still have to like take care of kids, like, you know, get married, look pretty.
1: Yeah, this can be a clash. Of course, Mm -hmm. it can be a clash. And um, for a profession, it's very hard, you know, to be that, well, okay, I'm also a mother with children, uh, but I'm also a tough businesswoman. It's it's a problem, of course. Mm -hmm. It's a big clash and a problem.
0: I guess most men don't even think about that. I mean, I don't think that all men are just, uh, you know, I don't think we should take that all men are our... Competitors and they all uh, sometimes they just really don't understand uh, how it is to be in this kind of position because they're never treated like that. They're never—I'm uh, not saying never—but they really? like yeah, not so really. objectified. There, there are less expectations when when it comes to like family and you know kids. Nobody's pushing them to like have kids early or and they're not pushed to look pretty. They're not judged by their uh, but their appearance. If they're professionals, they're just judged by who they are and a lot. Yeah,
1: with with different (laughs) topics yeah so they're also judged but it's a different um different thing
0: (laughs) yeah i wish sometimes you know it's like people sometimes i I as a photographer come to a job and then somebody would give me a compliment on my looks and i was like how is this relevant at all like you know it's Probably in, a, in an appropriate situation when somebody lo- it tells you about like, oh, you have a nice, I don't know, dress, maybe it's a nice compliment. But when it's in a professional situation, very often you think, oh, you would never say this to a professional guy who would come to a job to make, to do his job. And that happens to women, I think. Yeah, rarely w- you
1: would say, "Oh wow, this is a nice suit."
0: The shirts
1: <laughs> 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 you know? Oh, where did you shop that, brother? No, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: different. Yeah, or like yeah, your skin I mean, looks so I mean, luminous it, today, it, or it, you it, should it, smile.
1: <laughs> yeah, really, that is. But it is a real issue. Yeah, yeah I experience I know. this a lot too. Yeah, it is sadly.
0: Is there like some particular annoying gender stereotype which you fa- faced professionally? Like somebody would s- tell you something on a shoot which was re- really, really annoying or funny I- in a sad way?
1: <laughs> yeah, talking about it. Um, the, you know, I think the industry where I'm working in is one of which uh, people interact on an informal level. You know, and this can lead to annoying situations, at least to me, where they cross certain boundaries, or where I have to point out or underline um, those are my boundaries. You know, if it comes to certain behavior, and this can be very annoying. And I also would say this is maybe not totally a gender stereotype behavior thing, but a little bit also the culture of the industry itself where I'm working in. But but still, yeah, there are a couple of situations where, where I would consider this as annoying and would say, okay, those are my boundaries, please don't cross it. You know, if it comes to, oh, you look so pretty today, or I'm here too flirty and um, not, this is not a professional thing right now, so... Mm-hmm. We don't cross that line here. And um, even to be in this situation, to point that out, can be sometimes annoying.
0: It's I think like sometimes you, you want to be friendly with people and some people really just take it as, as flirting and like some men would take it as flirting or you just want to come to a to a shoot and do your job and then suddenly somebody starts being like too familiar and too friendly over exactly too Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it is informal everything so yeah it's a yeah also a problem of the of the industry itself but yeah this is what i'm basically talking about Mm -hmm. and to me this is not so i'm not cool with this i would i also claim my boundaries but um it's sad that you are in these situations at all, I think. Mm-hmm. That, that shouldn't mm-hmm. be a topic.
0: Okay, let's talk a little bit about your uh, like your day-to-day uh, kind of uh, job and uh, how you do your photography business. You told me that you sometimes go to so-called go-sees for photographers. Um, tell our audience and me more about uh, what those go are, because I've, I've heard of GOCs only for like fashion models, but never heard of, uh, honestly, I've never been to a GOSI myself. So maybe you tell uh, us about your experience with this GOCs and explain a little bit how that works and whether you think it's a good experience for photographer.
1: So you you have the choice. Like uh, there are a lot of photographers who don't go to GOSIs, uh, right? Um, but uh, you have, I would call it opportunity or the chance to do that. Um, I found it very useful all in all. So it's like, um, I would call it an interview for the photographers, right? Mm -hmm. So in um, normal jobs, you go to an interview and then you got the job or not. And a goal sees for photographers is the same uh, for a lot of clients, of course, because you're freelance. You need a lot of clients. And so... um, what I do is like I um, have my work, you know, and just uh, write to people I'm very interested in working with or um, they write to me um, also. And then uh, you go to the appointment with your work and just talk about your work, who you are, um, what, what you want to be maybe and um, what your work is. And uh, yes, and try to um, sell your work and try to have a connection with the persons and get a job out of it so mm-hmm. this is basically it yeah it's networking and also you get feedback on your own work as well
0: so mm-hmm. how does it start you first like send basically an email with probably your website or your portfolio and then the, you ask them to come by and basically meet them personally with the same portfolio or
1: uh... exactly like this so this is one way um you just uh, write a mail Mm-hmm. and then you hope for response this is also thing um when you start you have to learn that there are um, where where we, where people give you a response actually so in you know one out of ten maybe and mm-hmm. then if the answer right away and you know want to see you then you know already okay um they they like my work now they want to meet me personally Uh and if you really want to be pushy you um you just call them them you know you just call them after a week or two and ask them hey did you get my mail and let's meet personally i would really enjoy that um Yes. And uh, attached to the mail there, I would recommend maybe two ways. Um, you can just attach work, not not too much, but your highlight work maybe, mm-hmm. or you just attach your website. Um, then you have the appointment and then you, you go to the appointment with, with your work. All
0: yeah. right. And uh, you told me that once you went uh, to a go-see and there were like 10 people sitting in a room like... a basically
1: like yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like all this can be different it's it's an interesting experience all in all because sometimes you know you have just you talk to one person and sometimes you talk to whole production Mm -hmm. and uh, presenting yourself and you have to be prepared for that because um you need to be able to talk about yourself who you are and um what you are doing and they're also kind of Let's say they want to get to know you, but also check out if you are able to handle stress situations, to present yourself well, to present your work well, because um, they want to present you then to clients and need to make sure that you're, you're good for that. And so this, this can be interesting. And um, yeah, and you need to be prepared um, to answer the questions for you. What is my unique selling point? Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes also you need to be prepared for hard feedback on your work.
0: But usually if they already invited you while, and they saw your work, even if they criticize you, that's basically, I mean, they still like your work because otherwise of they would course. never invite you.
1: I think, yeah, and this you should keep in mind because if they give you hard feedback, it's also, I think, a test from time to time to test mm-hmm. you um, if you can grow on that. Um, but those are things in the beginning, right? When you build your career. Okay. Then, if you if you're more in the business, it's more about getting to know you than about your work, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Oh, I've so, never I've never been to a ghost. I mean, I've met clients. I I never called it a ghosty, but I've met clients. But already when they were uh, clients and agencies, when they were already kind of interested, work to, to work with me. I never felt of it like as if they're testing me but of course yeah I think knowing a a client or an agency personally is is better because if people have somebody if they can put a face to to the work they've seen it's always better just on a personal level yeah I I think so
1: too I definitely would recommend that just to try because uh, also for me networking um I love it more personally. You know, you have to see Mm -hmm. each other. You have to talk to each other. Then they know who you are, you know, who they are. Um, It's better than just to talk uh, online or what else, or just over mail. And you never meet the person who who is booking you.
0: I have a feeling that I am so bad with calling people because especially like if I have to talk German, I mean, my German is pretty fluent. But still, if in Germany, if I have to, even writing an email, I'm always thinking, oh, these people would think I'm a seventh grader you know because i make some stupid german mistakes like grammar mistakes and obviously that always like creates uh, i think it just really pushes clients away because they immediately like in their heads they're like oh this person cannot even write <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> no, i if,
1: wouldn't say that yeah. you're international they're used to international people i think you yeah. always can, <laughs> if that's really a personal issue you always can write in english as well yeah i sometimes so, do that's so bad yeah me too and i wouldn't question this um but no, just, just give it a try, you know. In the end, what, what should happen? So I was mm. I was shy in the beginning too, but now I just call the people and just talk to them. And well, in the end, what should happen? They can say no to you. This is what I
0: think happen. being confident is really, really important. It happened to me a few times that like, you know, people would not, they were like, eh, I don't know, we don't really have... A- Yeah, we're not interested. And then, like, you're pushing or maybe calling again or writing another email. Just like, oh, but I have this idea for you or like, oh, here's like new work. And they're actually like, oh, okay. After a while, it's not that they're sitting there and just like when they're looking for for. There's so many photographers, and of course, it's not about like the best photographer they can find. It's more like also about the the photographers who are in front of them. Like, you know. whom they remember and they won't remember you if you are just like write them one email and then never ever um they you never, no, this ever this is a, like, come work exactly
1: off. what i mean with uh, testing you as well and mm-hmm. uh you are responsible so i so in, in my case i am responsible for for my work and for my clients nobody will you know there are a thousand photographers out there mm-hmm. so i have to point out what is my unique selling point yeah okay you see my work but also it's important who am i so this is the thing, yeah, you, you have to stand behind your work and you have to build up a, a very nice confidence. Mm-hmm. And then, they, of course, remember you, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have another a little bit sensitive topic. We don't have to go into really details, but um, I think a lot of people are really interested, uh, especially women uh, nowadays. I, I'm in a female group on Facebook, uh, female professionals group, and they always discuss negotiations like when it comes to finances. Like you don't have to tell me how much you're asking for, but generally, do you have a fixed price for for a day of your work for a shoot? Uh, how do you really negotiate with clients? Do you feel that sometimes they're trying to put your price down, and then maybe you have some special tricks? How you actually negotiate your your salary like more uh, up? And actually, like how did you even come up with the price uh, with the prices? Because I think a lot of young photographers they and don't even know where where to start because for some people like 200 euros is a lot of money and for other clients like you know 10,000 is nothing. Well
1: the thing is you always have to talk to colleagues um, about okay this is so I I do I talk to certain colleagues of mine and we talk about okay what what would you say how how much or what what's the thing I have a fixed day rate for certain jobs and then you know I see okay what's the job like because uh, there is a fine balance between if I take too much, it's just for, for certain jobs, whatever, and it's too much for them and they never will pay that. If I take too less, uh, they won't be interested in me because they think, okay, um, this is uh, too less money or uh, whatever, and uh, we won't hire you because you're not in the in the game, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's hard. If I would just recommend always to talk to colleagues about um, day rates, you know. You have mm-hmm. then maybe people from commercial, and you know, okay, the day rate is that. You have people from fashion, and it's a very um, different thing between, for example, print, between campaigns, between editorials and commercial jobs. So um, there is no one day rate for it all, yeah. but um, you need to understand uh, what is what is my price, and exactly then you talk to different clients. If I, for example, portray an artist, um, which is a you know coming up artist, I cannot take the same price when I portray a big artist with a huge management behind it. Or if I work for whatever Mercedes, I cannot take the same price when I work for a, what private person or something like that so um it depends always a little bit
0: and you always come uh, and you always negotiate yourself or you have an agency or an agent or maybe uh, who helps you with this right
1: now i don't have a a exclusive representation but it it depends yeah sometimes i have producer who do this for me but mostly i do it myself
0: for me it is always hard a day rate is even easier i guess but uh, when it comes to the uh, nutzungsrechte or buyouts uh, rights the rights and sometimes clients want this and then you're basically telling them oh this is the rights and then and then they're like oh but we also want this later and you're just like oh how do i calculate it and of course there are some like basic calculations like there's some rules or in germany they're basically like the books where you can uh look at it but it's it's very very vague like kind of like you cannot really not every photographer can charge exactly what is written like how what you're supposed to charge because there's always a competition you have to think about the client you're working with and sometimes i'm really really confused i really need somebody to help me with that
1: yeah but but that's the thing you have to ask colleagues or you have to ask uh sorry you have to ask a producer Mm -hmm. you know because they know a lot or an agent they know a lot about um, buyouts because this is a also a very difficult topic from time to time yeah. nowadays they they claim buyouts very often which would cost a lot but they're they they do not want to pay that right yeah
0: yeah very often it's of course also you are for example if you're not such an established photographer yet but yeah. you may be a good and then the clients of course they see that your work is good and they're like ah we can totally negotiate down and uh, you're afraid of losing this kind of job because obviously the client is great it's, it would be great for your portfolio and you're kind of you kind of know that you're in there they're using you, but you also cannot really say no, because you know that there's another 10 photographers who would be happy to take the job. So sometimes it's really, really hard unless you are like... It's
1: a tough thing between, okay, what is my standing? How can I play with what I call the exclusive factor? But, but still, I think if you go for too less, it's not a good thing, you know, because you never can work, work yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. How, however yeah. you want for a, next, for a next job to say, okay, but now I'm a tritex expensive. So mm-hmm. you have to consider if I'm here now, it's hard for me to get out of this. I probably forever stay here and maybe not take the job and think, okay, hopefully something else will come up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's sometimes a hard balance or if, if you really want that job, then just uh, sometimes it's not about the money, but about the, you know, the job. Yeah, for that,
0: the, yeah, I feel that a lot of. Uh, I, I mean, I talk to colleagues as well, and uh, it's amazing how big the difference is between what people consider a good uh, day rate, or you know, some people. I'm really, I'm really surprised that some people would actually get what they ask for, because it. it I think it's just it's just a matter of really confidence because it's it is yeah. yeah sometimes i'm like i'm not lacking confidence it's just that sometimes i really don't know what is enough because sometimes you know like the i think it's the worst advice when they're like ask for what you think you're worth and i'm like well i don't know i'm worth million dollars you know
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a very tricky question always yeah. if I start to ask you on the phone okay what's your day rate i always answer yeah it depends on the job i never say um you know numbers in the first um in the first uh, talk, but uh, yeah, what what should you say to that?
0: If I see that the client is really interested in me, for example, if they found me, then I usually like go uh, probably twenty five percent over of what I would consider okay because they would always negotiate down down
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is but this is also the game, and you have to be prepared for this you know, mm-hmm. this is like I do it too, you know okay, um this is what i and I, I don't go under this number. Um, you know and this is it but I start high and uh, know um, where can go with it you know because mm-hmm. it's a, it's part of the game
0: one question about the fashion industry I was just wondering because I fell out of fashion I, I was photographing a little bit of fashion when I was studying photography but not really much anymore but uh, you are generally in this industry right now so uh, what can you tell me about fashion industry in Germany I mean, we usually talk about how uh, Gleichberechtigkeit in Germany basically equal rights. But still, are you satisfied with how women are being portrayed in magazines and advertising nowadays? Basically, in your opinion, is there a space still for improvement?
1: I think there is um, a lot moving on and a lot going on in the fashion industry right now. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at the big campaigns... Like Mango, Zara, whatever, or the big, the big um, fashion, or dio or whatever—it doesn't matter. Um, there's a there's a pool of diversity, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of different women, a lot of um, diverse women, which I really think this is a this is a very nice way to go. So um, there is a big improvement already, but of course we're still facing difficulties. Of course, it could be better, it could be more diverse, it could be more open to. Um, to uh, diversity, I think it's going well. I think it's um, more in the, you know, also for women, it's uh, it's more um, open now than like 10 years ago.
0: When you're working as a photographer, do you usually, you get like models appointed to you by a client, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So wh- was it, were there some moments where you like, oh, this is like too much, or maybe they're, they're sexualizing like a person uh, who's too young, or maybe, oh, this girl is maybe too skinny, and this is not a good... Uh, thing like were you ever in the situation you well right, right
1: now, right now, because I have my standing, I don't face that so much anymore mm-hmm. because you know I have clients who know me and um that's not gonna happen uh because I'm more into you know fashion as identification for me, and I want to hear the stories of the people um mm-hmm. and try to involve that, and not so much um I have now like a puppet and uh, this is it um. But when I was younger, there was a situation that I didn't know before. There was a go-see-for-model girl, and she was like 16 maybe, and the, stylist, um, the stylists were around her, and... Um, there was a fitting you know like when they just try on the clothes to see mm-hmm. if they fit um to the client and stuff like that and then they they talked about her like she she wouldn't be in the room but she was like okay yeah the legs are too big um whatever the shoulders are too high and and, and i was just standing there and you know she noticed that of course and understood that i was like okay if that would me with sixteen, I would be devastated mm-hmm. after this, you know. And with sixteen, you don't have the confidence or self esteem that uh, you go out with that and think, "Wow, now I feel really good because you just taught me my legs are too thick and my waist is uh, too less or whatever." Yeah, and this is um, this is something I would say a little cool about the industry.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think all kind of. Uh, all kind of like it's the same of like competitive sports you know you, you might say oh this is cruel but at the same time if for example a child is doing uh, is, is uh, as, as a professional sportsman or a woman they usually like a gymnast they usually like really really young and people are discussing their abilities and they're competing against each other and they're compared to each other from a very young age So it's basically all that kind of industries which are comparing people uh, for their physical abilities or for their physical features. For example, models, they're always compared how they look. Like you have to agree that, uh, or no, you don't have to agree, but like we have to kind of see it as for 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 what it is if if a parent doesn't want their kids to be judged for their physical abilities or for their looks they shouldn't be they should be like advising them not to go into this kind of not to be in the
1: industry and i think so too i think so they should be prepared well what Mm -hmm. what
0: to expect
1: if you choose that path and it can be a cool and very interesting life but it can be a hard one as well yeah. Yeah, of course. And in the end if you want to be a model you want to be a model, right? So yeah. this is this is about outer appearance.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, we're still... It's so a fact kind of, in the end, yeah. We're we're talking about like of course we're always talking about oh we need more like body positivity in in the fashion industry, but there's still like there's still still always were some kind of Uh, you know rules or or not rules but more so like people still love to uh, see a little bit like more uh, fancier version of reality in magazines and movies and everywhere so of course it's always like about somebody who is looking like pretty or interesting it's still like it's still your job to be like your looks are still your job so It's like hard to discuss it because, I mean, obviously not everyone can be a fashion model and maybe they should also not strive to be so because there's so many different things you can do in your life. And I think it's very, very hard nowadays because a lot of little girls they all want to be models just because that's what they see on social media all the time. Yeah, And that's
1: considered as being beautiful. And this, I mm-hmm. think, th- yeah, this is a topic where you should be um, careful because this is what I mentioned that I like now the campaigns, the um, mm-hmm. show diversity, also in body positivity, whatever, but yeah, um, you don't have to look up to okay this is the only beauty for women mm-hmm. looks like a model this is not the truth and uh, right now they're talking more about it but still it's also a culture thing I, I think mm-hmm. because for example the retouch work is uh, way more in the US than in Europe and um, yeah I sometimes would say if they see the end product or if they just see the end product not mm-hmm. the unretouched version and how it looks on a set, you know, there is a big difference behind it. And if you, if you don't work in the industry, you have no clue what happens to those pictures, to those high fashion retouched pictures of beauty. <laughs> pictures. <laughs> so of course, they're a little bit um, unnatural.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, um, let's let's go a little bit away from your basically commercial work, uh, or and let's talk about your personal project, which I really love the idea and the the setting and the the whole thing. Uh, so you have a long term uh, personal project called Female Artists, where do you, you know, where you portray uh, female artists from uh, from different industries, as, as far as I understood and mm-hmm. uh how do you actually uh, how did you come to this idea and uh, what kind of woman did you meet while working on this project
1: yeah female artist um is my uh, long-term portrait project and um i started it like 2018 mm-hmm. and um i always had the thought that i want to do a long-term project uh, because i had just short-term projects free projects and um how to do that. And then basically I um, was working with, or in the studio with a photographer named Larry Fink, um, Mm -hmm. who's doing a lot of uh, black and white uh, portraits. And also like, I would call him a social photographer. And I was very fascinated by... Larry and his wife, Martha, and uh, then I finally, because I also was very much into portray and um, very fascinated by uh, female artists, um, I wrote the concept about it pretty much after mm-hmm. I was in the US and wanted to try to do that because it uh, reflects a personal interest of mine. And basically, the series um, of portraits is showing inspiring and uh, creative women mm-hmm. of uh, positive influence on art and society. And I uh, specifically focused on female artists whose work I found inspiring and also from different industries, because I, I wanted to, to contrast the the stereotypical word artist. This is not mm-hmm. just a painter who is painting a big picture, but a lot of um, a lot of uh, artists, because my own work is a little bit between commerce and um, art in the end.
0: Yeah, I really love your, I really love your style, the black and white. I used to photograph black and white before, but now somehow I shifted to color, and uh, it's really nice to see this kind of like a light and shadow play you're using in your work. It's really, really beautiful. So uh, I, I was really also inspired by all these artists. I was like, I didn't recognize everyone. And I was just like, oh, who's this? Who's this? And like, uh, it's, it's really great that you also did interviews with these women. I'm actually wondering, since you uh, obviously you talked about the hardships of uh, women in um, maybe visual or any kind of art art, art industry, um, were there actually some common issues these female artists uh, were facing, which they shared with you? Did you notice maybe some traits which this artist talked about in how they're treated or how the industry is actually...
1: Yes, that was very interesting. So uh, all in all, I uh, portrayed about 50 women uh, mm-hmm. focused in um, US and Europe. And uh, so this is still an ongoing project. I completed the pictures by an interview and statement of each artist. And uh, just for the record, so uh, the questions were like very general. It was what brings peace to you? What brings destruction to you? What does freedom mean to you? And what is femininity and art for you? Mm-hmm. And um, this is what they answered. And then they had a statement about this themselves as well. And I would say um, maybe a common issue was like that the attention for their own work and I I would maybe say um they wanted to be seen or perceived as good artists and not just as female artists, you know, but just as yeah. artists that the gender thing doesn't play so much a role and um, want people to respect them for the work. And not just because right now I talk to many artists, um, female artists where the topic is, oh we have an exhibition and just exhibiting female work. And, mm-hmm. um, interesting so you just don't want to have female work you just want to have the word work yeah it's just work from from both sides that doesn't matter in the end that's the goal i think and yeah so that there's not the main topic that it's female but or male work But that's just the same thing of, okay, we respect all the work.
0: It's a little bit hard because uh, from one side, if you're exhibiting women and male, usually it comes to an uh, under-representation of women. Of course, yeah. yeah, But if you're representing only women in some way and you're actually like stressing out that, oh, these are female artists, it's also a question of, oh, whether we're basically separating women from men in their art, you know, are they, are they actually different in the way how they they do it? And I personally believe that not, but that would be actually my question to you regarding uh, female photographers. Do you believe in so-called female gaze, do you think that female photography is different from male, and
1: uh, why? Personally, would would answer it with I believe in my gaze, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. of course it is a female gaze, but it's it's my gaze. It's for me about being an individual, and I'm of course socialized as a woman, and I think I see things different than a male photographer would see it. But um, in the end, I wouldn't. Um, point that out so much. Of course in art there are different views of males and females and it would be sad if it's all the same you know, it's important to have both energies and to see both spirits
0: behind it. I I personally really think that many times from technical point of view or from some kind of aesthetical point of view there are a lot of artists who you you really don't know whether it's a woman or male or men photographing and uh, I think a lot of people confuse topics which men and women choose to photograph for their style. And obviously, as a female artist, your work, you photograph a lot of women. And This is why you, for example, picked up this topic to photograph female artists because of you're course, a woman yeah. yourself and it's easier for you to basically get connected, to understand to connect their issues. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I think this is like, and I, I think this kind of a confusion where people think that, oh, female gaze means that you basically photograph somehow differently. No, like I photograph the same probably as some other men. It's just that the topics that we choose are those who uh, maybe different are because we, yeah, a little bit different? Course. Yeah, my last question for today would be probably just more general about working with people. Uh, so, I've read on your website that you, your aim when you photograph people, is to capture their ways of uh, identification and to connect this with uh, their own sense of aesthetic, uh, with your own sense of aesthetic, and creating a synthesis of both like this your aesthetic and people's uh, identity. How do you actually manage to uh, open people's personalities and individuality when you photograph them? Like, how long does it take for you on a shoot? like on a personal shoot, maybe when you do a portrait, maybe not a fashion shoot so much, but when you do a portrait, how long does it take for you to, for a person to relax and actually like open up to you?
1: It depends on the person. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah it, it really depends. You know, I want to give confidence and trust always. Mm-hmm. So this is what, what what is expected from me and what I want to give back. It, it's kind of hard for almost, every person um, to stand there and being totally relaxed and you have a big camera in Mm -hmm. front of your face and you feel a bit judged by it and I want to take away this awkward situation by trying I just talk with them in the beginning I don't start right away to take photos I just talk and then um, I start to test a little bit the light but they're already in the picture you know just that it's a the camera and I—we are not really the main thing here. The main thing is the the person, and mm-hmm. so I try um, to give them a lot of room and space. And it's uh, okay if you want to be shy. It's okay if you don't want to be shy, and just uh, <laughs> try to find, just try to find out who you are. Just um, so I would rather say it's more of a, conversa- a conversation than a, a shoot, and I think this is an important thing that um, they feel relaxed. And then I have certain things I, I do with my portrait people um, so that they come in a state of calmness and uh, really mm. trust me. And just forget about it, and then it feels more natural to be portrayed.
0: <laughs> I was just wondering because my my usual like trick is like to get them drunk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny that you said that. Yeah, that can help as well if you just drink wine with them.
0: <laughs> oh, God. But uh, oh. no,
1: no, I have another trick. But uh, yeah, yeah, it can. Then you can be more relaxed, of course. This helps always. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean this is this is like but, a half joke. But it, <laughs> it depends.
1: I know. I know totally what you mean.
0: <laughs> now, sometimes I when I have a little bit more time, like we would meet and talk about uh, certain things, maybe have a coffee or or a drink that that usually works, but uh, I think it is very important to really get to know people because I photograph a lot of people who told me oh i 'm actually very unphotogenic, like my pictures never turn up good, and then we ended up doing some great pictures together. When people see that they you want to know them better personally, then they kind of relax, and it it shows in the pictures as well. Totally,
1: and I always say this is not about being photogenic or not. Uh, there are good photographers and bad photographers, you know. Every there is no human being that, that cannot be um, that doesn't look beautiful in a picture or interesting or whatever you want it to be it's a thing about trust in the end and I really love it. So I, I just try to give them a lot of room and being um, good with, with myself.
0: Well, this, this was a really great interview, Tina. i have really like learned a lot because I mean, uh, as I, again, as a mostly recently travel photographer, I've been away a little bit from this kind of commercial side uh, of, uh, of, of, of people's photography or portrait photography. So this is really interesting talking to you about the go and about, uh, yeah, female artists and about fashion industry. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. And uh, yeah, I, I really wish you all the best in, in your future. And I hope to see more of your work uh, on the cover of magazines and wherever. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Alina, thank you. I enjoyed uh, talking to you very much. And um, yeah, just thank you uh, for the invitation today. And um, I hope to talk to you soon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I hope to see you in Hamburg or in Berlin. So bye-bye. Bye. And it's a wrap. Thank you for listening till the end of our Bell Collective podcast. I personally learned so much from Christine today. I'm always happy to meet confident and strong women who are great at their job not afraid of challenges, and are supporting others. I'm looking forward to speaking to more inspiring women in the podcast to come, so please subscribe, tell a friend about Bell Collective, and stay out of the box.